The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today... Adam and I are going to get in touch with our feminine side, mm-hmm. and we are going to count down our top 10 Lilith Fair songs. Basically, songs from artists who were popularly or famously in the Lilith Fair tour of the late 90s. Adam, what do you remember the, the tour or anything about the tour and its existence? So I, I remember of it. I remember it being like, you know, very... Um, female oriented and female centric and it you know is a being a massive thing in the 90s um our mother liked a lot of these type of artists so i kind mm. of do you know i definitely recognize quite a bit of the names um, but it's like it's not something that i you know went out of my way to go to or anything like that at that time yeah uh, i definitely remember it kind of being big news mm-hmm. and it was talked about a lot um obviously uh, pretty much all of the artists um were either female led or solo female artists and that Mm -hmm. was kind of the point uh the tour only ran for three years uh it had a run in 97 98 and 99 uh there was a 2010 uh revival i think yeah i opted not to pick any of those artists for my list (laughs) yeah i didn't either i focused on the 90s one i mean clearly with our uh nostalgic focus that I, I didn't see that as being an issue. Yeah. But I definitely remembered the kind of the hoopla about it. And after going through and looking at uh, all of the artists, I kind of was like, oh, I definitely remember almost all these artists, a lot mm. of these songs. Um, and honestly, this whole actually episode kind of came out of, I put together a Lilith Fair playlist. Oh, I'm just going okay. through the artists and I'm like, oh, these, there's some good songs in here. We should do a top 10 of this. One, it's good to kind of do a, a, a female focus mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of change things up because, I, to be fair, I think we do listen to a lot of manly bands. and <laughs> Manly music. band. Manly. <laughs> and, um, but I listen to a lot of these artists just as much as the other ones. Mm-hmm. So I figured this would be a good, uh, you know, kind of branch out. Yeah. Um, my caveat for this list, so obviously, I mean, I didn't go to any Lilith Fair um, concert, as I mentioned. I didn't also do the research of looking up if they had entire set lists from people's concerts. Right. But basically what I did was I went through the list of artists that played each year who showed up to a concert um, and played. And so I picked my favorite song by that artist. That's pretty much what I did as well. Okay, cool. Um, I would guess most of these um, could have been played. Yeah, I, it's no guarantee that's, that all of right. these were actually played at Little Fair. Yeah, exactly. So some of these might not have been. So it's it's really more about the artists who were there than particular songs that might have been played. Yeah, correct. Well, let's go ahead and start our uh, our list up, Adam. Let's start with you. All right. Uh, so... My first artist is going to be someone I think is going to be the only one that kind of probably would surprise you. Most of these other ones 
are all fairly big names. Um, she played Lilith Fair uh, in 1998. And the song that I like best from her also came out in 1998. I am picking Lucinda Williams and her song Can't Let Go. Told me, baby, one more time. Don't make me sit all alone and cry while it's over. but I can't let go. I'm like a fish out of water, a cat in a tree. You don't even want to talk to me Well, it's over. I am not off the top of my head familiar with that song. So I'm not surprised by that. (laughs) And I wouldn't be, except this was probably like, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that for me. Um, You know, when, you know, you're thinking of like a Mother's Day gift or something. I was like, you know what Mm. I want to do? I'm just going to burn a CD for my mom. And so I went on like Kazaa or whatever I was using at the time. And I looked up different kind of some singer songwriter women and Lucinda Williams was one of them. So I put on some like Lucinda Williams, Tift Merritt and Caitlin Carey. I can't remember whatever the la- the other one was. Um, I kind of did like a couple different mixes from them. And this was uh, probably my favorite song by Lucinda Williams that I had on the list. So it was on an album. Um, that she had that came out in uh, 2000 and, or sorry, 1998. Um, and yeah, I just ended up being a song that I enjoyed. And I, I kind of have a nostalgic tie because I gave this Mother's Day burn mix CD to my mom. And so, you know, it's just it's just one of those kind of things that I, I hear it and it just kind of makes me think of that. So, um, so yeah, it's um, she's got some, um, I don't know some kind of some kind of country stuff to her, Lucindy Williams. Okay, but, the name is familiar. I've definitely heard of her. I just yeah. can't, and I might recognize the song when I throw it in, but I I can't recognize it off just by the title alone. Yeah, uh, the album actually won uh, the Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Folk Album, uh-huh. and uh, she earned a nomination for Best Female Rock Performance for Can't Let Go. Um, so, yeah, I mean it, it's it's. It's not a blow me away song, so I put it at number ten. But I always, I've always liked it, and so it, it, adding in that extra little, you know, thing for mom, which because I associate a lot of these artists with mom, yeah, um, that it just kind of, it, it just was a no brainer for me to include it on my list. All right, sounds good. All right, uh, my uh, number ten, I would say with maybe two exceptions, you're automatically going to know most of the songs that kind of made my list. Okay. And my number ten spot is is always the most contentious, I think, out of anything. Uh huh. Because he's like, what? What? Uh, you know, there's everything that I have below this is just as good of a song, and it really could be there. And, and I had to think, which one am I kind of more nostalgic for? And it really came down to this one, because in the '90s, and this comes from a group that has a female lead. I even though I didn't particularly care for the movie, I really loved. Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, mostly for the gara- for the uh, garbage song that was on there, um, but this one also took off, and that is "Love Fool" by the Cardigans.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. That was a huge song. Uh, it's everywhere, and um, you know, it's it's for some reason it's kind of made a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, Is that, um, that's the the love of me, love of me. Say yep. that you love me. Yeah. Yes. Fool yep. me, fool. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's just a, it's just a fun kind of poppy song. Mm-hmm. Really easy to listen to, and. I was torn between this one and like two or three others, and in the end, I've definitely listened to this one more when I was younger. I have, I don't really play it that much anymore, um, but on occasion, if it comes in, I'll let it run. It was, it was a song that I got sick of. I got sick of hearing it for a while because yes. it, it got played so damn much on like the '90s um, yes. radio hits. But uh, it, it has been enough time that it kind of comes back. And you're like, okay, it's that's a pretty solid song, and it kind of now makes me you know think back on those days so yeah, yeah i'm cool with that one okay all right what was your number nine my number nine is uh by another band that mom would play pretty often in the house um it was not one that i really intensely got into uh but i always i always liked them enough yeah they have um a female female-led band obviously as as we talked about with uh, many of the bands and pretty much all the bands at lilith fair uh, and they have been doing stuff for a long time. And actually, this song came out in 1979. Um, and it's probably their most popular hit. Um, I'm talking about The Pretenders and their song, Brass in Pocket. I got brass in pocket. I got battle. I am going to use it. Intention. Been diving, detoured, leaning, no reason, just seems so pleasing, gonna make you, make you, make you notice. It didn't make my list. Actually, I've never been a huge fan of the Pretenders, to be honest. Okay, okay, fair. I mean, I, it's not my top one, but this song I, I quite like, and so... um yeah, yeah, I just, I, I'm interested. So this song uh, hit number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1979. Um, they played Lilith Fair in 1999. Okay. And so, you know, it's been a 20-year-old hit for them, but I imagine they probably <laughs> played it in Lilith Fair. So I think it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed that one. Okay, um, my number nine has... As a possibility of maybe being on your list, um, honestly, uh, this artist is the reason why we have the Lilith Fair, mm-hmm. uh, and that is Sarah McLaughlin. And I went with Angels.
Ah, okay. In the arms of the angels, fly away with me. I don't even know if those are the lyrics, but um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I did not pick angels. Ah, okay. She does have a lot of other good songs um, that I enjoy. I I picked that one because I feel like it was the most significant. Yeah. Okay. One. Yeah. Um. Uh. And the whole sort of Lilith Fair. Uh, kind of started, uh, the concept began kind of in 1996 when she became frustrated with concert promoters um, who refused to f- uh, feature two female musicians in a row. Mm. So like they didn't mm. want to have two female musicians back to back. And I think that uh, that was the instigator for this. Uh, she eventually booked a successful tour with herself and Paula Cole, who we may or may not hear from later. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just kind of, it kind of streamlined into this big thing of let's just make this a festival okay of all uh women artists and 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 band led bands and stuff and led to i would say it was fairly successful so in 1997 it uh grossed 16 million dollars making it the top grossing of any touring festival that year yeah um yeah yeah so that's pretty solid and i actually just just looking up on Wikipedia. I was curious, how did they get the name Lilith for the Lilith Fair? So it's from the Jewish lore that Lilith was Adam's first wife who refused to be subservient to him. Mm-hmm. So that totally makes sense with this. I love that. Yeah. There's also, like, this is not a lore, but in fantasy, Lilith has kind of, like, some people have said, like, Lilith was, like, the first vampire or something like that. I've heard okay. numerous all kinds of things that they've turned her into. Let's go ahead to your number eight, then. Well, my number eight is someone you mentioned that we might hear from soon, and it's right now for me. My number eight is Paula Cole, and I'm going to go with the ultra 90s song, I Don't Want to Wait. That song is not on my list. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't. I guess I had another song that I like from her, but I, you know what? I mean, I love this song, and I mostly love this song for the tie to Dawson's Creek and the tie to, um, you know, big old crush, Katie, <laughs> uh, Katie Holmes, and and you know, it's good times. But still, this song though was another one very similar to the Cardigans' Love Fool. Dear God, I heard this song so much in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Too much I heard this song in the 90s. And then I was just like, I need a break from it. You get away from it. And now I listen to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Fuck, that that song makes me think of the 90s. And I like that. Um, so it's just, it's a it's a really when I listen to it. It's a beautiful song. It's, it's well done. She's got a great voice. And then, yeah, you tie in, you know, some nostalgic to, you know, some pop culture that that we love as well. So I, I just think it's a, it's a really good one. Having, I would imagine having your song be the intro to a very popular movie is both a both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, a blessing in that it's getting your name out there. You're gonna get some good money from that. Yeah. And the curse is that you're, you know, I mean, like any band, 
any popular song, you're going to have to play it at every single concert you do. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know what? Bless the artists that go out there and play a song that they wrote in the 70s or 80s and play it with just as much passion now because they understand that there are people in their audience that are hearing it live for the first time. No matter how, no matter how many years you have toured, there's always going to be a good amount of people at that concert who've not heard that song live and are there to hear that. And it's probably their favorite song, and mm-hmm. they still they still give it their all and they perform it, even though it's you know it's pretty much running on automatic at this point. Yeah, for them. But I I really appreciate uh, artists who can do that, and I think Paula Cole is one of those people who unfortunately got oversaturated too much and it mm-hmm. probably kind of ruined her chances of having bigger hits later. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, my number eight is actually written by your number 10 artist, Lucinda Williams, mm-hmm. but I'm not using her version because mom had a CD that she played all the time. Uh, and that was Mary Chapin Carpenter and her version of Passionate Kisses. Is it too much to ask? I want a comfortable bed that won't hurt my back. Food to fill me up and warm clothes and all that stuff. Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have all of this? Passionate Kisses. Uh, that was an honorable mention for me. Okay. Um, so Mary Chapin Carpenter is more of a country artist. Yeah. In this, but it's it was definitely on a regular rotation for mom when she was playing mm-hmm. her Mary Chapin Carpenter albums. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just looking at the list of Lilith Fair ones, there's some other artists that if they don't get mentioned, I might throw in because um, I remember mom having uh, their CDs into being playing. Um, but this one... It's a fun little kind of folk country pop-ish song, a little at least the way yeah. that Mary Chapin plays it, um, which yeah, kind of pops it up a little bit more. Kisses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's good. a very catchy uh, chorus, and just I think it ended up on my list, on my top ten, for the steer, sheer nostalgia of how often we heard it in the house. <laughs> Yeah, you're dead on with that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I hear the song, and I I will never go and listen to Mary Chapin Carpenter out on my own. Um, mm-hmm. But you hear it, and you're right. I've just kind of flooded back to, oh, my God, I'm in the brown house, um, you know, in, in Alpharetta, and I and I can visualize our stereo system and, like, mm-hmm. and Mary Chapin Carpenter's album, like, right there, kind of in a stack. Like, so, yeah. the room it was in. It was in. It was a room that was supposed to be the dining room, but we didn't use it as the dining room. We just had our little kitchenette that went in because we couldn't afford a second. Uh, didn't have room for that <laughs> dining dining <laughs> yeah. uh, dining table. Um, but just kind of you know, and it was on the bookshelf, and I can I can still like almost remember how to program the stereo to like. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, put it on. Uh, put it on uh, random with the, I mean, yeah. with the three CD holder. Exactly, it was a three. Exactly, I had the pull out, had the three CD discs that you would kind of slip in there. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know what? Sometime when I asked mom what happened to that, if yeah. she she gave it away or threw it away, or if it, she still has it in storage. Well, 
We'll see. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Mom saves some weird stuff from time to time. She, she does. I'll go it, back and and see something. And I'm like, you still have that? It is. And I will say, it is weird how nostalgic I how nostalgic I am for that stereo. As strange mm-hmm. as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and didn't you end up with the record player? Uh, I did, but I don't have it anymore. I, no, did, okay. I, I had it with me for a while, and then, because um, I, I used it for quite a bit, and then I realized records suck compared to <laughs> CD, so. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's go ahead and move on to your number seven, then. All right. My number seven is an 80s icon. And uh, she played Lilith Fair in uh, 1997. She was not a headliner. She probably only played one show or a couple shows. I'm not really sure because she was on like the tertiary list for some reason. Um, And I am talking Pat Benatar. And I'm assuming if she was at Lilith Fair, she would play one of her biggest and best hits, Love is a Battlefield. didn't make my list i did see her on there um oddly enough behind somebody else who wouldn't become famous for another four or five years yeah I, exactly she she showed up on a couple different uh, years playing but again only in like those tertiary um um lists so it was just like oh wow right. she she's got much bigger later yep but. um great song just recently oh. injected and w- into and w- the- we were talking about dido yeah <laughs> we were talking about dido um uh Pat Benatar, icon, just made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, Love is a Battlefield, iconic song. It is. I mean, iconic video, too. You know, they're kind of, she's got her crazy, like, dress look, and they're kind of on the street doing their little dance move <laughs> stuff. Um, I did kind of have a little decision. Do I like that song better than We Belong, which is a beautiful song, Love, We Belong. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the 80s rock nostalgia of Love is a Battlefield won out for me. Yeah, and I think I think a good kind of anthem song for girls. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it is a perfect anthem song for for the ladies. Okay, uh, my number seven is Paula Cole, and I decided I've gone back and listened to a bunch of stuff, and maybe maybe it's because I don't want to wait was just so overplayed <laughs> yes. that I decided to go with this other one. But this one was definitely one that I heard a lot on the radio, and I've I think I've, I I kind of like it better now than it probably I did when it came out, because um, mm-hmm. I think it was it was not cool for teenage boys to admit that they listen to you know girl folk rock yeah. singers, uh, and I went with Where Have All the Cowboys Gone.
Yeah, that's a good call. That that was one I was kind of re-listening to as well. Ultimately, my nostalgia for I don't want to wait wins, but that is a that is a great great choice. And you're right, it is one that I listen to more even now, and I I appreciate it more yeah. than I used to. I think uh, I think this this whole little affair thing sparked off because I somewhere somehow I was listening to either a radio station or a random Spotify thing, which I don't normally do. Mm-hmm. And this song came on, and man. It just kind of it flooded back to me, and every it kind of hit me like, oh my gosh, I remember this song, the do 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 do, yeah. and it's just it's it's very it's the song itself is very kind of simple, and very I don't want to say monochromatic, but you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like it travels too many different places. It's you know the beat stays pretty consistent, but it's it's fun and uh, the tempo is just fast enough that I've feel like it's kind of like danceable and drivable mm-hmm. yeah absolutely all right well let's go ahead and move on to your number six all right my number six uh song and artist showed up at both the 97 and 98 lilith fairs and i'm going to assume this song was played because it wasn't one of her solo songs it was one from her band, 10,000 Maniacs, and I am going with Natalie Merchant, Because the Night. Natalie Merchant made my honorable mentions, but f- okay. I liked the song Wonder. Well, yeah, Wonder and Carnival, both great songs, and I can absolutely understand the, those picks. Um, but I kind of, you know, decided to go with, uh, <laughs> I, I assume she would have probably played because of the Oh, night. I'm sure. I'm Ab- sure. Absolutely. It's a great song. A lot of people know uh, that 10,000 Maniacs song, kind of a one-hit wonder for them, but Natalie Merchant being the lead singer. And it's just a yeah, wonderful song. Um yeah, I think it was, was that like, I can't remember if that was early 90s or even late 80s when that song was, but. Uh, yeah, not sure. Yeah, but it's great. It's great. It's great. And um, yeah, because the night belongs to lovers. I mean, yeah, I really get into it. Fun. Yeah, fun stuff. Yep. Try to. It says that she joined 10,000 Maniacs in 1981, so it could have been any time around there. Yeah. And she left yep. in 93, so it had to have been late 80s oh. to early 90s at most. And I'm just looking, I didn't realize that song was written by Bruce Springsteen and Patti Smith oh, in wow. 1978. Um, and I yeah. I thought that was a cover, but I couldn't remember. So yeah, so it, uh, and that version went to number 13 back in the day, and then the 10,000 Maniacs did do a cover, and they went to number 11 in um, 93 for that song, so... Yeah, okay. I didn't realize that song was so old and so kind of, wow, some great names between Bruce Springsteen and Patti Smith on that. So very cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, my number six is a song that everybody knows and remembers, and it was fine. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I enjoyed watching her music video. 
I didn't really think too much about this artist until sometime in the 2000s, and I cannot remember the name of the show. She had her like a, her own little sort of reality show, and I cannot remember the name of it, and just doing a cursory look, I don't think I'm going to find it. This song made a little bit of a resurgence uh, a year or two ago because of TikTok, uh, and actually I think it was on a commercial as well, and I'm talking about Lisa Loeb and her song Stay, parenthetical, I missed you. Say, I only hear what I want to. You say, I talk so all the time. So, and I thought what I felt was simple, and I thought that I don't believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, good song. Didn't make my list, but um, and she, she is Lisa Loeb's another one of those kind of yeah, I, I guess feel like iconic artists at this time. Yeah, um, the song uh, rocketed to uh, stardom into I think number one uh, because of the film Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in that. It was. I remember seeing the video all over MTV throughout the nineties, um, and. Uh, I did enjoy watching her reality show in the 2000s, also because I remember there being a scene where she walked out in a thong. Ooh, good time. I was like, oh, hey, Lisa. Did, <laughs> okay, not, Lisa. Uh, did, not, uh, did not expect that, but uh, appreciated it nonetheless. Yeah. So, popular song, played everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Your number five. Uh, my number five is from... I would say probably best known from a uh, blues artist, one that did get played in the house pretty often by mom, maybe even dad as well, um, you know, when we were at his place. But I think mostly I remember from mom stuff. She has been rocking for a long time. Uh, she actually got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, 2000, in the year 2000. I am talking Bonnie Raitt, but I'm picking one of her ballads that I believe that was a cover. I'm going with I Can't Make You Love Me. Don't recognize the song by title. Okay. The I can't make oh, you love yeah. me. That's all you had to do. Yeah. It's, That's all you it had is to do. An absolutely gorgeous song. I actually, had, I guess it's not as. Um, no, no, no. It was recorded first, not written by her, but recorded first mm-hmm. by Bonnie Raitt. So it is her. You know, it's basically, you know, her stuff. It is absolutely a beautiful song. It, it's one that I just kind of, you know, want to stop and listen. Yeah, when I hear it, yeah. I don't know why I didn't put Bonnie Raitt on my on my list, even as honorable mention. She should have been there. Um, Bonnie Raitt, amazing singer, underrated guitar player. Oh yeah, um, she basically kind of is considered like the queen of slide guitar. She's really, mm-hmm. really good at that. Um, I 
I was always happy to see Bonnie Wright show up on something, you know, a TV show or something like that, if, if you know, or like a you know performance of some kind. Probably one of those people I should try and find and go see live because uh, mm. she's definitely getting up there yep. in age uh, before yeah. she passes. Because I, I'm sure she's her. From what I understand, her her voice is still just as good. Is oh wow, yeah, I, I agree. She is one of those artists. Um, yeah, I, I would really like to see in person. I mean, she has performed with some just fantastic people. I know I've heard some duet stuff with like John Lee Hooker. She's done stuff like I mean, any of those like classic blues guys. Uh, she is, she's phenomenal. Yeah. I like that idea. I, I, I'm going to steal your idea, John. I'm going to go see Bonnie Raitt in, per, in live in person if I can. Yeah. Worth so. it. Uh, looks like she is still touring. Nice. Yeah. So. She, she, uh, was at the 1998 Lilith fair. So, yeah. And that song, I can't make you love me charted at, uh, uh, billboard number eight, it got 18 on the billboard hot 100. So a pretty popular hit for her. So. Nice. All right. Oh, um, that's right. Adele, Adele did a cover of that one. That's what I'm remembering. Oh, um, that's right. On one of her albums, Adele did one. But actually, uh, Priyanka Chopra, Bon Iver, Boys to Men, George Michael, Bruce Hornsby, um, all everybody, multiple people have done versions. But yeah, so. Oh, looks like Bonnie Raitt's going to Savannah in November. Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad. That might be worth it. I, think I will, I will d- check that out. Closer oh. to you, though, might be when she plays in Birmingham. Uh, that's still like a, yeah. But Birmingham's like three and a half hours away, and I don't know anybody there. In Savannah, at least we have family there. So that's yeah. true. Okay, yeah, might be worth it to go. Yeah, might be. Uh, all right, my number five is from an artist that we've talked about before, and your disdain for the album was very evident. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah, because you have no class. Um, <laughs> and I, my number five is probably our mother's favorite artist. Sean Colvin, uh, but I went with a song that is off her first album that we didn't talk about, uh, and that is a song, Orion in the Sky. recognize it off the top of my head well knowing you you're just gonna complain about it being boring but. so i'm not gonna lie i i saw sean colvin on the list of little affair people and i was like i'm not even gonna look at songs from her because I, <laughs> I hated that album so much so i was like i know i'm not gonna like yes or pick anything uh uh orion in the sky is one of my favorite uh songs from her probably coupled with that in round of blues uh which are both off of her first album um and if you listen to that album breakdown you'll know Sean Colvin was the first concert I went to technically the second because she had an opening act uh-huh. uh, uh, who was um, David Gray actually who would become pop- popular oh, yeah. at the end of the 90s with the uh, Babylon song yeah Babylon yeah um, but actually I've never even other than that song I've never listened to that album his first album is is, is still on one of my regular rotations um, but uh, this one you might enjoy this one a little bit more because it's more uh, like studio recorded. It's more produced. 
I can tell. I'm kind of listening to it in the background right now. It's it's it wouldn't have made my list, but right. it's fine. Um, so great song. She's such a great storyteller. Great folk guitarist. Love it. Okay, nice. I'm not surprised <laughs> you did you picked that. So, uh, all right, number four. Uh, my number four is an artist we have talked about and out from an album we have talked about, and she played Little Affair in 1997. I don't want to mention it much more because there's a chance she is higher on your list. Fiona Apple, and I am picking Criminal. I've come to My number four is Fiona Apple, but it is not criminal. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, we have talked uh, Fiona Apple, uh, I think, a few times, and we definitely talked um, uh, the, the album title. And mm. huge criminal. It was a huge hit for her. Um, the music video was very memorable, very heroin chic sexual bits to it as well. Um, she's. I know you've 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 loved her as an artist for a long time, and she's mm-hmm. gotten she's gotten more and more into kind of the indie scene, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of tried to stay away from mainstream. But I'm pretty sure she has still been creating music for a long time, and and um, yeah, be very influential artist. So I, I very much enjoyed that song when we talked about it, and so definitely, of course, wanted to bring it up here. Yeah, she just had an album come out, I think, in 2020. Okay. Um, which I went, immediately went and got, and she got a lot of critical acclaim for it. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't like okay. it. I think she, I think she went a little too indie, too a little too out there mm. for me. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, so my number four went with Fiona Apple. This is a little bit cheating because <laughs> a little bit cheating because uh, even though I would I would hands down say that title is my favorite album of hers. My uh-huh. favorite song came off of her next album, um, which I forget what it was called. The whole name was like it had some enormously long name, and then they had it shortened down to like a few words. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, when the pawn. When the pawn. That's right. Um, now the reason this is cheating oh is because when the pawn didn't come out until 1999, and she wasn't on the 1999 yeah. tour. She was on the 97 tour. But this is my favorite song of hers. Um, even despite uh, title being my favorite album, and that is the song "Fast as You Can." I don't recognize the song. You might. It got some radio like a, play. Um, 
I mean, Fiona Apple, though, just in general, has an absolutely stunning voice. And her lyrics, I remember we talked about her lyrics. Like, she is a wordsmith, was what, mm-hmm. what she does. Um, one thing that I really like about oh, this yeah. song. Sorry, I just started listening. Absolutely, I recognize this real quick. This is a great song. Yeah. Um, I like this song specifically because um, she changes styles and tempos and feels like two or three times in the song. Uh-huh. Like, it really is, it's almost like, you know, we talk about flow a lot when we talk about albums, like going from song to song. And if you if you stay you spend too much time, you know, with songs that are up versus songs that go down. And in this one, she changes from like a fast double feel to like a slow triple feel and like a, a, a third one in between. And and I, I really like and appreciate that as a songwriter, really broadening a song from just being monotone as far as its feel all the way through. Yeah. You know, so she appeared in the 1997 Lilith Fair, and yes, that song didn't wasn't released until 99. But I bet she was I bet she was workshopping stuff. You know, <laughs> it probably it probably exactly what happened. Yeah, maybe so, she played it. We don't know. I'm gonna say yes. That album, just because we'll probably never get to it. Right. Um, the the full title. I want to read the full title. Sure. Okay. The full title is when the pawn hits the conflicts he thinks like a king what he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing force he enters the ring there's no body to batter when your mind is your might so when you go solo you hold your own hand and remember that depth is the greatest of heights and if you know where you stand then you know where you land and if you and if you fall it won't matter because you know that you're right that's the entire <laughs> album title <laughs> that's interesting and impressive uh, yeah now I, I thank you for bringing that one back up though um because i i very much enjoyed uh just even that little like i'm going to go back actually when we probably finish this and re-listen to that whole song because i mm-hmm. completely forgot about it but it's quite good yeah good stuff uh all right adam you're number three i it's another song that i think has a good chance of being on your list uh higher up i i know it's one of your favorite songs kind of from well the early 90s um so she showed this uh artist showed up for one lilith fair and uh it was the 1998 lilith fair but i don't see how she couldn't do this prince song it's sinead o'connor nothing compares to you Eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant But nothing, I said nothing can take away these blues Cause nothing compares Nothing compares to you I didn't make my list Oh, wow. That kind of surprises me. I know you're a fan of the song. I am, and I think because I've talked about it at least two times on other lists or things uh-huh. before, I think is why I decided not to put it on. I think that's fair. It's also, you know, it's not really of the time. You know, like, right. late. it's not the late 90s singer-songwriter. Um, she, you know, it, it came out in 1990. Um, huge hit, massive success for her. Great music video um, that was so simple, but just such a great concept at the same time uh, but i had to go with it because it's just a, it's a beautiful song and i i couldn't see her doing a concert and not playing it because it's such right. a massive song um so yeah i had to choose it but yeah I, I can understand your your hesitancy to include it because it doesn't it doesn't scream lilith fair when you say 
Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. So. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. My number three, I, um, struggled. I picked, I knew which artist I wanted, but I was struggling on the song. And that was because I was trying to decide between the song that I felt was a better song and the one that introduced me that I'm the most nostalgic for. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going with the latter, with the one I was more nostalgic for. Okay. Um, And that was simply because our mom played it a lot. Okay. Played this album. And being that we grew up in Atlanta and that we were, both of us went to um, University of Georgia in Athens, uh, this group is very important uh, because it kind of, it was one of the ones that put Athens on the map. And I'm talking about the Indigo Girls. Uh. And I went with their song off of their 1992 album, Rites of Passage, called Galileo. And then you had to bring up reincarnation over a couple of beers the other night. And now I'm serving time for mistakes made by another in another lifetime. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on. I remember mom playing the Indigo Girls. I just don't remember much of the Indigo Girls. And so I didn't even really look of their stuff mm-hmm. um, because it's not something that I, I can. I couldn't tell you an Indigo Girls song or even sing one like or a bit of it um, right away. But I'm listening to this now and I get I get there's something I definitely remember this. Yeah, there's a cool little like. Either electronic or worldly percussion sound that happens in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat because it actually starts on an offbeat, but you don't know that until the guitars come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of uh, it it kind of sort of tells a story about Galileo, but then also is is really just using Galileo to talk about. Uh, well, according to this, what it says is the song is about reincarnation. Oh, okay. Uh, particularly through the lens of Galileo Galilei, um, but. Uh, the song that you probably would most likely remember would be Closer to Fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I, it sounds a little bit more familiar. Um, but this uh, album Mom had, it was on regular rotation. And I liked, like, the songs were okay. Um, but this one stood out completely. And I, I would always go back and, and pick this song out specifically to listen to. Okay. Yeah, it's solid. I mean, I like I like the style. It definitely reminds me. I'm, I know I'd heard this stuff before. Um, so, yeah, that's no, cool. All right, your number two. All right, my number two is from an artist who appeared at the 1998 um, Lilith Fair. And this song, I've always had a just an absolute love for this song that came out in uh, 1994. It's, she's more of an R&B kind of artist. Um, and it's kind of soul stuff. She is a British singer. It's Desiree, and I love her song, You Gotta Be.
Uh, that was an honorable mention. Okay, yeah. Uh, whatever it is about that song, I just I've always I've always had something where I just I could I could just listen to it at any time. You yeah. know, um, I think she's got a gorgeous voice, um, and I, maybe some of the just some of the lyrics just make me kind of feel good. You know, is you gotta be bold, you gotta be bad, you gotta be wiser. Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a very positive vibe I get from that song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always appreciated it. Uh, and so, yeah, like it's it's one that um, I, I'm sure she had to play it because it was a pretty big hit for her. I don't think it was her biggest hit, actually, kind of looking at some of her other um, uh, singles. She had some other ones that hit. She had one that hit number eight in the U, in the uh, oh, I know in the U.S. No, no, no. You Gotta Be is definitely her biggest hit. I'm seeing in the yeah. U.S. at least in the U.K. She had a lot of other hits that actually hit that charted. Um, she had quite a bit more hits that actually charted and charted higher than You Gotta Be. But. For us in the U.S., that hit number five, and that was definitely her biggest hit uh, for the U.S. So, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, great song. Okay, my number two. If you didn't have an issue with me using a song that Fiona Apple... I mean, I, I didn't I didn't like your choice of choosing a song that was probably not used. Well, then you're going <laughs> to hate my number two. <laughs> because... Uh, even though this artist was, she was at the 97 Lilith Fair, and she was at the 98, and that was it. Uh-huh. Oh, no, she was in all three. She was at all three. Um, unfortunately, I my favorite hands-down song from her came out in 2002. Oh, no way that and, it was played. <laughs> and true, but to be fair, I didn't say the song had to be played at Lilith Fair. We were just using artists from Lilith Fair. I roll. Well, then you got to make sure in the title you you don't write Lilith Fair songs. You write Lilith Fair artist songs or something. Eh, we'll see. Uh, uh-huh. But I don't know. Maybe she played it. Maybe she played it in 99. She was workshopping it. We're going to go uh-huh. through the same logic of uh, Fiona Apple yeah. playing in 97, even though she used a song for 99. This was only mm-hmm. a few other ways, or, you know, ones away. So it could have ab- absolutely uh, been done by her. Um, uh, the artist is Cheryl Crow. And... For me, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the song Steve McQueen. A little bit more of a rockin' song of hers. I don't remember this one off the top of my head. Um, I did look through a couple different ones, but I tried to pay attention to what would actually be played at this right. time. So I only looked at the <laughs> albums that had already come out. Um, I didn't know we were cheating. But, uh, I mean, Cheryl Crow has... She's one of those artists who has more hits than you even remember. Yes, like, absolutely. She just, she just... She was big. She was big for a while. You know, she just kind of kept hitting the charts. This is the song you like? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting choice. <laughs> it's fine. It's a uh, fine choice. I love the harmonies that happen during the uh, the, the chorus. It's, this is just one where, like, I had, like, a a, a best of Cheryl Crow or, like, a, a mini playlist or something like that, and I went through and listened, and for some reason, this song kept hooking me back every time I went to it. Huh. 
So right. I'm re- I really enjoy that song. Um, also, I've played along with it. It's just it's just fun. It's become one of my favorites. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I think there are some better ones actually. Um, yeah, I had some Cheryl Crow in my honorable mentions, and I'll talk about that. Uh, all right. I'm interested in what your number one is because uh-huh. my number one artist has not been mentioned. And I'm wondering my number one artist has not been mentioned. So this could be interesting. Uh, all right, Adam, what is your number one? Uh, my number one artist is by, I think, uh, just an absolute, absolutely phenomenal singer-songwriter. She has passionate songs. She is a very political-minded person, and she just has... I just I, I love her voice. It's not the most. It works so well with her songs. Mm-hmm. I and I love her songwriting so much. My number one is Tracy Chapman, and I picked Fast Car. That is also my number one. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. I remember when we were driving, driving in your car Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk City lights day out before us And your arm felt nice, wrapped round my shoulder And I, I, had a feeling that I belonged I, I, had a feeling I could be someone Be someone, be someone Okay it's another album that you know. I think we we had her mom played pretty often, or a song I heard quite a bit. And I did have to pick through a couple different of her songs. I love her talk about a revolution. Yeah, um, she's got some other uh, just wonderful songs um, to through her other albums that she got later. I think like most known for the song uh, "Give Me One Reason." I think that was her yeah. biggest radio hit. That was God. That was played everywhere. You're right. "Give Me One Reason" probably was her biggest hit, but. Um, yeah, she also she also had uh, what was it on her new beginnings new be- I remember the new beginning was just the mm-hmm. sunflower cover. Mom had that one played that one pretty often. That had give me one reason. Uh, remember the Tin Man is a gorgeous That's song. That's a for great that one. song too. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but for me, Fast Car, there is it is a song that will stop me in my tracks, and I have to. If you know, if you ever seen that Seinfeld episode where the guy listens to Desperado and he's just like shh 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 shut up, I have to. He just has to sit there and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like that with Fast Car. Yeah, it's a she tells an amazing story, and it's a heartbreaking story um, yeah. about wanting to break out of uh, the kind of the cycle of poverty that she's mm-hmm. in, but you know, running into issues, traveling with her her lover or whoever, and even that actually not even working out in the end, and it just mm-hmm. kind of is a cycle of of stuff. It's a beautifully written song. It's a beautifully performed song. Um, it the song itself, I think, became uh, very famous for being in. I want to say I can't remember whose it was. There was a a live event. I want to say it was in Britain. It was for charity. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been like some sort of. It might have been like Live Aid or something like Live Aid or something like that. Okay. Um and. She did a performance. It was just her and her guitar. She went out and did a performance. And the band that was supposed to go on after her, something happened and their equipment didn't show up and they couldn't go on or somebody threw a fit. I can't remember exactly what it was. So they asked her to go back out and perform some more while they set everything else up. 
and she went out and performed Fast Car, and apparently that it just wowed the crowd. Mm. Um, the media went crazy for it, and I think that was that was the thing that's that started putting her on the map. Okay, I'll have to check. I'm sure that's on uh, YouTube. Somewhere. Oh yeah, it's it's out, out there somewhere, and it's just it's just her standing out there performing. Um, I enjoy the studio version because I like the unexpectedness of the rest of the band coming in uh-huh. um, with the with the in the chorus later. Um, but great song, and yep. I'm I'm not surprised and super happy that it also made your number one. Yeah, yeah it's just one of those songs that always kind of hits you in your feels. Yep. Uh, let's go and name a few honorable mentions. I got a few, so go ahead. Sure. Uh, so yeah, you had mentioned Sarah McLaughlin. She's the one who started Lilith Fair, and I kind of partly was like, do I need to put on a Sarah McLaughlin song just because it's her show that she started? Probably, but I didn't. <laughs> um, and so uh, the one that I would have picked was Adia. Uh, I like you know that one. She did that's a pretty song uh, for Cheryl Crow. My preferred Cheryl Crow songs are either Strong Enough or My Favorite Mistake. That's I a like good song. Both of the- Yep. That's a good song. Um, and, and then the last one that I would have mentioned was Jewel and her song Hands is what I would have picked. Uh, I Hands I was fine for me. Um, okay. For Jewel, I went with You Were Meant For Me just because okay. it was it's a one good of the classic ones. Um, yeah. Another one I'm going to mention, um, Emmy Lou Harris, mm-hmm. a fantastic singer. She has a song. Uh, I don't think she wrote it, but she definitely performed it. It was one called Bluebird, uh, Bluebird Wine. Um, I love okay. that song. I actually performed that when I was playing in a in a, in a kind of a country trio group. Nice. Um, Joan Osborne's "One of Us." The only reason I had that as an honorable mention is because I have a very distinct memory of, uh, if you remember, nineteen ninety six, the Olympics were in Atlanta, and then we had the bombing at Centennial yeah. Olympic Park. Um, after they reopened it, we went down to Centennial Olympic Park. Mm-hmm. You, me, our sister, mom, and our mother's boyfriend, Raphael. Mm-hmm. And at some point, uh, and jo- I just remember this because Joan Osborne was performing on stage. Okay. And that's what I remember about this. Um, at some point, Raphael and I walked away to go look for food or something. And at that point, uh, there was a scare and they evacuated the whole thing. And we got separated from the two of you uh, and couldn't find you. And eventually, made, we, he and I eventually just made our way back to the car. Um, mm-hmm. Which we had to take like Marta way down to some other place and then parked in a <sighs> in some weird parking spot. It was a I just remember it being a whole ordeal. Another name that I saw on the list that is uh, f- I know Mom listened to, but I couldn't remember a song off the top of my head. It was Patty Griffin. Okay, I definitely yeah, remember I her uh, having that CD. And then I just want to name this one because it's it, the song is weird, and I think that's why it, I like it so much. And that's uh, Tracy Bonham's Mother Mother. Okay, yeah, I did. I did check that one out because I re- I saw the name Tracy Bonham. I'm like, I recognize something. Yes, and that was kind of a, a weird song. It, yep. Yeah, it's, I like that it's got that weird ones. Um, just looking at these lists, uh, Cassandra Wilson, definitely a name I recognize. I don't remember if it's because Mom had it or not. Uh, we did mention Dido uh, was mm-hmm. on third stage. Um, all I mean, if you go back and look at the list, just a whole slew. The yeah. the festival was enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more than just the main stage artists. And even in the main stage artists, there were, what, 20, 30 artists? And like mm-hmm. two or three times that on the other stages. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tons. I mean, um, looking at like the 1999 one, yeah. Christina Aguilera was like one of the th- tertiary stage artists. Yeah. I remember seeing that. Uh, 
which pretty pretty impressive. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, but they had tons of people that we didn't even mention. Um, Dixie Chicks, Idina Menzel was uh, one of the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's huge? What a what a huge name she's become in Broadway and stuff like that. Uh, the na- uh, the band Sixpence, None the Richer. Yeah, kiss me. Kiss I kind of I considered that one. It's a it's so. a fun song. I, mm-hmm. One thing I remember about Sixpence was being uh, that they were I think they were technically considered a Christian group. And when I worked at yeah. Media Play, I remember people coming in uh, trying to find that song, and we mm-hmm. couldn't find the album because the album was in the Christian section, Christian not in the regular <laughs> pop or rock not section. In the pop. Yeah, uh, Nelly Furtado. Queen Latifah, Maya, uh, or no, Maya was in, I think, the 2010 reboot, oh, okay. maybe. Oh, no, no, no. Or, yeah, no, she was in, uh, she was in, like, 98, I think, so, uh, or something. I can't remember. Oh, the uh, Canadian singer no, Biff 99. Naked. I don't know if you ever heard Biff, of Biff I, Naked. sounds familiar. Uh, she had, I don't remember what song she had. She had, like, a brief little period of fame in, like, either late 99 or early 2000, something around there. Um, I definitely remember her name. Um, gorgeous lady. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if she's still or still doing anything or still around, but uh, uh, Bijou Phillips, that's a name I yeah. recognize. Definitely. Susan Tedeschi, very famously uh, married Derek Trucks and has an incredible uh, blues band with him, the Tedeschi Trucks Band or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tegan and Sarah mm-hmm. also in this stuff. Yeah, very cool. So a lot of really, really good artists on this. Honestly, it makes me wish I'd gone, but to be honest, at that point, I'm like 16, 17, 18. Chances yeah. of me going to one of these festivals is probably pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, you know what? But I'm glad we we're going through it because you're right. A lot of our stuff is very kind of boy, you know, guy-centric. You know, yeah, we want to talk our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers, mm-hmm. um, but there is uh, some very good pop culture out there or so there is some great pop culture um, songs and you know um shows and tv and and movies for uh for the females and i'm glad we could talk a little bit about that yeah uh all right folks that was our top 10 Lilith fair song please join us next time for a patron requested episode we break down the 1991 film oscar discuss the tv show space ghost coast to coast and recast Oscar using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. comic books? Me too. Hi, I'm John. Join me over at the Comics Underground podcast, where I invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books, graphic novels, manga, and more. Go to bfopnetwork.com for more info, or find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'll see you there.